4: Zone presented by BetMGM. I'm Brady Cannon at the Mandalay Bay Racing Sportsbook. My partner Wes Reynolds is in downtown Las Vegas at the Circa Resort and Casino. Hour number two of the program and we kick it off with our man Mike Piranio. He is the director of Racing Sports here at the Mandalay Bay and joins us each and every weekend and of course throughout the football season giving us the insight from the other side of the counter. And Mike uh, here at Mandalay Bay, I, I know you're working today and I have to put in a little bit of a complaint here you're re-airing the final round of the Wyndham championship and this is really causing Wes and I some unneeded stress last week of course I had Harris English I saw that fall apart today both Wes and I had Russell Henley I had Kevin Nah, I had Kevin Streelman and I also had Wem Simpson so is it possible that you could turn this off and put me out of my misery
6: you know, I, I was part of that misery, so that's why I took this week off. I, losing these snaps on the 18th hole and stuff is is tough. But uh, I, I swear, guys, try matchups; they work better. It's it's so much easier. But uh, I, I understand that completely. I took the week off from golf. It's uh, th- th- there's a little advice from a guy on the other side of the counter. After you get a couple of those bad beats, just take a day or week or something off and and let it go to or let it rest. And it may sound kind of silly but that is so much good uh advice that uh, you should take to heart if you if you if you haven't already and know how to do that take that week off
5: yeah I, I wish i could take that advice i'll be writing another column note for point spread weekly and then of course we'll have long shots as we get into the fedex cup playoff so uh i wish i could take that advice but that is good advice for betters to uh go ahead and take the week off if you're not feeling it and right now uh let me also get an update here four laps to go if you're wondering why this race at the brickyard has not uh has not ended. There was a tire uh, a little bit of a curbing came up on the track there in turn six and a barrier. Joey Logano hit the wall very, very hard so he is okay. So they have red flagged the race with four laps to go and that's why it has not ended. Denny Hamlin elected to stay out. He and Bubba Wallace currently one, two. Kurt Busch third, AJ Allmendinger fourth, Tyler Reddick in fifth and now we're starting to cycle through it is actually Denny Hamlin and Chase Briscoe now one, two. Kyle Larson who is the second choice at three at seven to two at bet MGM is now third in the race so five laps to go here at the Brickyard once they get this started, but we are currently under red flag conditions. Uh, Mike, uh, when I want to ask you a little bit about the NFL. We currently have one game going on, the last preseason week one game, currently tied at 18 between Carolina and Indianapolis just about four minutes ago. Sam Ellinger trying to lead the Colts to the winning score in this preseason game, and an over actually comes in. Not many have come in here in week one. It's been an under-train so far, so it at least stops temporarily today, but how have the betters really been betting the preseason so far? I know it doesn't take much to move these numbers and you get a lot of sharp guys. And that's why you see a move like Cleveland uh, where they were laying four points and eventually were a three and a half point underdog. Nevertheless, Cleveland got the win. Are you seeing mostly your pro betters betting this? or Are you seeing casual betters bet this as well?
6: You know what, Wes, be honest with you. It's a lot of it is uh, tickets. It's not so much money in the preseason and you're right about the, the under. Uh, I'm sure that'll be a trend. And, of course, next week they'll probably all go over but because uh, uh, they'll start playing people they need to play. So uh, preseason is always light, even though, uh, you know, wise guys, if they're playing anything, they're usually playing first halves. Uh, and we have such low limits on that, we're not going to get hurt on the most of that stuff for, for a good reason. And, I mean, there's some information you can use uh, out there. Uh, I know the Rivera and the Redskins, at least publicly, uh, are playing starters. And and I kind of like his attitude on this. They've reduced the preseason. If you're not going to play your starters in the preseason, that's a huge disadvantage, in my opinion, especially uh, during COVID. Because there's restrictions on practicing. Uh, It seems to me like uh, Ron has the right idea with that. And we'll see how that pans out at the beginning of the season But we really don't get a lot of big money. We did last night. uh, The Seahawks took took money, uh, and the line moved from uh, minus three to minus two and a half. Money line went down a little bit last night, but it was no large bets. It was just consistent money on the Seahawks, uh, which of course here at Mandalay Bay, uh, and and probably with Luxor too, with the tailgating and the stadium walk we have, uh, we probably had not that same uh, ticket counts, but uh, overall uh it was a good night uh uh for the C- uh the raiders and uh, kind of a bad night for us cuz the seahawks money took us uh a little bit on that but uh, it was nothing big rams and chargers were the biggest action that was what was surprising although it's not that surprising the la battle of la and uh we have a lot of people here and, and drive through business. So that, that that didn't surprise me that much.
5: There was action in the stands, too, if you follow social media at that Rams-Chargers game. Brady and I were at the Raiders game, and we were in the safer environment in a Raiders game rather than that Battle of Los Angeles. So uh, yeah, it was good good atmosphere last night at Allegiant, despite the fact uh, 50,000, so not a sellout, but a very loud and I think very active 50,000, so a good atmosphere at the Owl last night.
6: Yeah, and it was great here too, the I atmosphere. Got- go ahead, Brady.
4: Go go ahead. I I was going to ask you, and you're right, the atmosphere was excellent. Of course, I was doing the show in here yesterday, wrapped up at 3 p.m., and it was a full house, Raiders fans and Seahawks fans. I was just thinking what you were saying where you took some Seahawks money there. It it sounded like maybe it was a win-win for you that the book won a little bit, having the liability on the Seahawks and, uh, you know, also rooting for the hometown team. Was that the case, or you're saying because obviously uh, the Las Vegas Raiders won and covered the spread?
6: right, and, and we had more we had more Raiders at Mandalay bay, but overall bet m g m uh we kind of needed the Raiders at the end because of the and it wasn't big money so I don't want to be mislead anyone but uh, uh there were just no large bets and preseasons especially uh with the the new preseason at less games uh less people playing less starters playing i pre- uh, preseason's just not going to be a big. Big event for us. We already have. I I, be, I would venture to guess, and I'm not 100% sure. We probably had almost as much money bet on week one uh, in the NFL while people were here than they that they put on the on, on the uh, the preseason game. And there was a lot of Seattle jerseys everywhere in the in the book yesterday. So there was there was some uh, people from Seattle and Washington here that helped offset that.
5: And Mike, you mentioned week one. Uh, I wanted to ask you in terms of what have been the big movers so far, putting aside, obviously, the Seattle Indianapolis mover. We've had a flip of favorites and you guys currently at two and a half at BetMGM MGM with the unknown status of Carson Wentz. But in terms of the week one card, and that starts Dallas Tampa Bay on Thursday, September 9th. What have you seen have been the biggest movers or what are the sides getting the most interest thus far?
6: Yeah, I can kind of, you know, that's another thing, too. There is not a lot of real big money yet on week one. Uh, I mean, and overall, maybe since we're in BetMGM's nationwide, it's probably more significant if you go nationwide. But especially in Vegas, yeah, we haven't had a lot of big money. But there's some interesting ticket count disparities. And, and it's very interesting to me, although it it makes sense because I've been doing this a long time. But we have uh, the Packers, an away favorite, 25 they six to one ticket count over the Saints. Uh, Vikings, another minus three and a half away team, seven one over the Bengals ticket count, and Jags minus two and a half, also on away, ten to one ticket counts over the Texans. And I'm telling, as a bookmaker, those are pretty good numbers for us when we have three road favorites <laughs> uh, that we need uh, to to. Uh, you know, it's just interesting how people are, are betting it. To, to see the Packers' 6-1 to one ticket count, uh, that, that bodes well for us because uh, those road favorites on week one, they may all cover, but I would take the, the dogs in all three of those games with those ticket counts.
4: Yeah, it sounds like they're betting on Aaron Rodgers and against the Texans and against the Cincinnati Bengals, but it'll be interesting to see how that plays out as we get closer to opening week in the NFL. September 9th, it kicks off the Tampa Bay Buccaneers hosting the Dallas Cowboys, and then September 12th, that first Sunday of regular season action. Mike, I want to flip over to baseball. We're down to about the last 45 games of the regular season or so. Are you seeing action pick up, or has it stayed the same? Is it dropped off a little bit with preseason football coming around? And are you also seeing some action where people are getting involved in teams to win the division, the World Series, what have you? What's the overall baseball interest been like the last couple of weeks as we wind down the stretch?
6: Yeah, we, uh, you know, obviously we, we still have huge liabilities with the Giants and the Mariners. Uh, the Mariners just won't give up this season, and we could sure use that. Uh, but the division's uh, – because of the Mets struggling, we've seen Philadelphia that line move. Uh, I think it was nine to two on August first. It's I think seven to five now. Uh, so th- there's some interesting and brave. Same thing. It was nine to two on August first. They're eight to five now. And then of course we, we talk, I just talked about the Mets struggles. On August first, I think they were, if I remember right, minus two fifty at the beginning of the month. Uh, we got them plus 200 now, so there's been some movements on that, but it's basically because what's happening as they play the games the all of the divisions have been stable pretty much since we've talked week to week, but that that definitely uh, has has some movement in that division and uh, and it's mostly due to the Mets the, the struggling and, and uh, the other teams playing well. So it'll be interesting as the season winds down um, to see what happens. But uh, uh, it was impressive, though, the, the first-time starter no-hitter yesterday. That was uh, a fun thing to watch on TV. Uh, it was just fun for, for fans. Even if you didn't have money on it, it was fun to watch yesterday.
5: And Mike, speaking of divisions, going back to the National Football League momentarily, I know, look, a lot of the big money in terms of game-to-game obviously doesn't come in until week one, and that's what you're usually going to see throughout the season. But in terms of divisions and season wins, and I'll mainly refer to the AFC South because we do have one of those teams, the Indianapolis Colts, playing right now. Two-minute warning, by the way, at Lucas Oil Stadium, all tied at 18. Remember, no overtime in the preseason here, so if it's a tie, it is going to be a tie just something to mention a lot of betters I don't think knew that that rule change was in effect but nevertheless Indianapolis now seemingly got some good news that Carson Wentz and Quentin Nelson back maybe on schedule to come back if if they don't get back week one it's certainly not going to be 12 weeks because they gave that big buffer of 5 to 12 weeks that's a pretty wide time frame so have you seen any interest on Indianapolis now that we look like we're going to get those two players back I know there was a pronounced move to Tennessee as being the clear Favorite in the division.
6: Yeah, you're right about that. There's a there's a little movement on that, but uh, you know, it, there's still unknown factor with Carson Wentz, and I, I think the real good news for Indianapolis would be if uh, Andrew Luck was coming back. But uh, uh, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe maybe Wentz, you don't have to give up on, but uh, you know, the first thing he does is get hurt. So, uh, you know, that's n- not been good with Carson over the last couple years. And those things don't seem to change once they happen. It's kind of a weird thing in sports. If you're prone to injuries, it seems like it's your whole career. And then guys that never get hurt, they never get hurt their whole career. It's just an interesting dynamic that uh, there's probably no rhyme or reason other than maybe how they, uh, you know, work out and and, and how they do their uh, health stuff with their, their – their crew that uh, supports them but uh, it's just interesting you just can't control injuries and uh and turnovers that's the it's probably the biggest factors in, in handicapping and it's nothing you can control
4: mike west mentioned it season win totals what teams are you seeing the most action on as far as under or over their season win total in the nfl
6: Usually, when I say something on the show, it goes by the time we get to the book, everyone's changed it. But uh, interestingly, I've been on the under Raiders season wins, and and maybe it's because of how they looked yesterday. We had a little action on it, but they're back up to seven and a half from seven season wins. So I was kind of actually happy to see that because I'm a big. Contrarian, and I, I like to see people. and And I'm sure a lot of it has to do with their the home team, and people want them to win games. and And I actually do want them to win, so it's hard for me to bet the, that under. But uh, it's it's I'm going to have to do it. It's seven and a half now, although it's a favorite now instead of the dog. I probably would like the seven at getting plus money, but uh, seven and a half is nice too. That takes away that push. And so we've gotten some action on that. Uh, and then the other game, you know, other teams with with injuries and 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 things like that it it definitely changes on what kind of action we get week to week on on season wins but uh, something players need to remember though those kind of props will shut out after the first game of week 1 kicks off on Thursday and I, I can't tell you how many people come in after the Thursday game uh, at the start of the season, thinking they can bet season wins. But we pull those things usually, and watch, they'll change it this year, but usually we pull those the minute a team plays because one team winning or losing affects the whole process for the season win totals, even as far as uh, playoffs and stuff like that. But uh, it's interesting to see uh, what the Raiders have been doing going up and down. Yeah, and uh, Mike, Mike, uh, go ahead, Brady. Yeah, Go go ahead, buddy.
4: I was just gonna. I know we got to get out of here, and Mike, uh, just about thirty seconds, I believe. Next week, you're going to be in Del Mar at the racetrack. We'll be able to maybe hook up with you from the horse races. You got a few tips for us? What's coming up?
6: Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it's my annual pilgrimage to Delmar. It's one of my, I go to Saratoga and Delmar every year. It's a great time. Uh, and that would be great i mean i i I would love to have you guys do your show from there if we can figure that out uh anytime. you and me right. both <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well I, I, actually, maybe we can uh, do that so we'll we'll see how it works out uh if I can figure something out for next it's kind of short notice, but uh, I'd be willing to do that and uh and uh talk to you guys on a on a nice day at Del Mar for the Pacific Classic. would yes. There? Basically, the Kentucky Derby of the West Coast. So, uh, we'll, we'll be having some fun there.
4: Awesome. Well, I look forward to it. Hopefully, we'll get a nice tip or two from you from Del Mar. You enjoy your trip down there, Mike, and hopefully, we'll talk to you next week and from sunny Southern California.
6: Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Mike.
4: All right, that is Mike Piranio, the director of race and sports here at the Mandalay Bay Race and Sportsbook. We'll be back with more. Hour number two on the way here from the Green Zone, presented by BetMGM. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Presented by BetMGM, Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you on a Sunday afternoon. The Indianapolis Colts kick a field goal there at the end of the ball game as time expires, Wes, and your club gets a win, 21-18, the final, they beat the Carolina Panthers, the game goes well over the total, but lands right on the closing number of three, your Indianapolis Colts off to a good start in the preseason with a victory.
5: Yeah, Sam Ellinger does lead them on the drive, Eddie Panero kicks a field goal, Rodrigo Blankenship will be the kicker for the Colts, but Panero nevertheless gets a game winner for Indianapolis, and just looking at what the Colts did. We mentioned they'd stop that underrun that we had seen in the preseason. 318 yards combined between Eason and Ellinger through the air. No touchdown passes. And Ellinger did have an interception in the second half. But throwing for 318 with essentially, I'm still going to call him your number two and three quarterbacks because Carson Wentz is going to be the starter when he gets back, whether that's week one or not. But You know, you never want to overly judge things in the preseason, but there are, I think, some things you can take, even if it's not guys that are necessarily the starters. So the Colts were able to throw the ball. So Carolina, look, that defense has got to get better. It did improve a little bit last season, but they've drafted first round on the defense, I think, each of the last three years, including this year with J.C. Horn going to be a starting corner as a rookie for the Carolina Panthers Uh, did not go today, but. You know, Carolina, that's what they got to work on, I think, a little bit. I think the offense is going to be better with Sam Darnold now they're in the fold to go along with Matt Rule and Joe Brady. So this is a team I think you and I both like this year. But, you know, Colts get the win. Uh, they get some guys some work, and we'll see if one of these guys is the week one starter. I thought Eason looked a little bit better than Sam Ellinger. And you got to also understand Sam Ellinger was playing against guys a little bit deeper down the depth chart, maybe necessarily than Eason was, even though Eason wasn't playing the entire year starting unit for Carolina.
4: Wes, uh, let's talk about the book. Uh, Tim Neverett, the author, he was our guest in the last hour, the longtime baseball broadcaster, currently doing the play by play on TV and radio for the Los Angeles Dodgers. And Tim has a book coming out at the end of the month, August 31st, called COVID Curveball. It's a story about the Los Angeles Dodgers, a riveting inside account of the most unforgettable season in Los Angeles Dodgers history, from the COVID delayed start through the incredible playoff run by the the broadcaster who saw it all, of course, that is Tim Nevrit. Uh, this should be a very interesting book. I mean, anything involving COVID, everything was turned on its ear in 2020, including all major sports, and baseball had that shortened season, and the Dodgers finally got their World Series that they had been so close to for a number of years. Clayton Kershaw gets that mon- uh, monkey off of his back, getting the World Series ring. Obviously, they're trying to go for it again here this year in 2021, but should be a good book, I imagine, right from the guy that was there to see it all front and center. Yeah, and I think you have a unique experience here
5: because Tim, of course, does the radio broadcast, and you saw where he was from today on our video feed on Skype. He was in Chavez Ravine, and obviously the Dodgers are in New York to play the Mets, so you haven't had a lot of travel. You've had a lot of guys having to call games via monitors and on remote, and we've seen that. You haven't had a lot of the broadcasters traveling with the team, so you know, that always makes it, uh, I think a really tough job for a broadcaster in the fact that you don't have access always to the players unless you're and unless you're calling home games if you're not traveling on the road trips you don't always have access and you want to pick up those nuggets and pick up those insights from the players not just from your own players but players from the other team when they're taking bp at the ballpark so it makes it a lot tougher for broadcasters uh like tim and everybody else that's kind of been going through this so it should be a very interesting read with uh how this season has turned out and really I think the challenges that we've seen in broadcast and we've seen them even on national broadcast Brady with ESPN and Fox and whatnot. not to mention our own challenges here at when when we've had some COVID shutdowns where we've had to do shows via remote or shows via Skype or Zoom or what have you it definitely is challenging for broadcasters and uh, speaking of a challenge it was a challenge to get this repaired here at Indianapolis uh, still under yellow flag conditions they are going to go into over time here at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway for the Verizon 200 at the Brickyard. Denny Hamlin, your leader, trying to get his first win of the season and essentially lock up his playoff spot for the chase for the NASCAR uh, Cup. And Kyle Larson, second. He was 7-2, to two, second choice to win the race. Chase Briscoe has been up there all day. Third, Matty D, fourth. Ryan Blaney, fifth. Kurt Busch, sixth. A.J. Allmendinger, seventh. That's how they will restart once they get the clearance to go as they clear this track of the debris.
4: It looks like the Atlanta Braves may be in first place by themselves at the end of the day in the National League East. They finish off the Washington Nationals 6-5, and right now the Cincinnati Reds leading the Philadelphia Phillies 7-3 in the bottom of the eighth inning. We'll run down all the baseball scores and also preview the Mets and the Dodgers when we come back on the other side of the Green Zone, presented by BetMGM. football season out on the right foot with our expert analysis and picks for conference champions heisman hopefuls and playoff teams plus power ratings for every team now is also a great time to get your all-access vsin subscription which includes our college and pro football betting guides along with everything we offer for the entire football season get your college football betting guide for only $19.99 or start your free all-access trial today at vsin.com slash subscribe Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you inside the Green Zone presented by BetMGM. Looking at the baseball scoreboard for your Sunday afternoon, Cincinnati leading the Philadelphia Phillies 7-3 right now in the bottom of the eighth inning. This is a big game for both teams here. The Cincinnati Reds trailing in the National League wildcard by two and a half games behind the San Diego Padres. They will be in action a little later today. In fact, they are currently in action in Arizona coming off of being no hit by Tyler Gilbert on Saturday. The Snakes, of course, won that one. The San Diego Padres are 0-2 for 2 against Arizona in that series. But Cincinnati up on Philadelphia 7-3. Philadelphia currently tied for the division lead in the National League East. The Atlanta Braves are a half game ahead of them now because they have finished off the Washington Nationals 6-5. to Your final there, the Braves a winner on the road at Washington. Milwaukee has taken care of business over the Pittsburgh Pirates. 2-1 to your final that game stays well under the total the chicago cubs have been finished off by the miami marlins four to one your final there from miami baltimore and boston this one is now final and in favor of the red Sox, looking to pick up a game on the tampa bay rays boston's now won three in a row they trail tampa bay by three and a half games in the american league east six to two your final there Boston over the Baltimore Orioles. Tristan McKenzie flirted with a perfect game for the, uh, for the Cleveland Indians. He went seven and two thirds inning of perfect baseball, finally gave up a hit, lost the no hitter and the perfect game in the bottom of the eighth inning. But the Indians get the victory and McKenzie gets the win himself, 11 to nothing. Your final, they take care of the Detroit Tigers. Now, Tampa Bay, we mentioned their lead in the American League East. They were being shut out by the Minnesota Twins, 4 to nothing. Tampa Bay absolutely back in this ballgame and threatening to add more, it looks like here, Wes. 4-4 four to four in the top of the seventh inning. Your in-game total has adjusted to 11.5, and the Rays have reemerged as the favorite in this game. Now minus 160, Wes, on the in-game money line.
5: Tampa Bay and Boston, I believe, were 1-2. It may have flip-flopped order, but I was hearing that on the Red Sox broadcast the other night that they lead the league in comebacks uh, and come from behind victories and maybe adding another one today. Still bases loaded, top of the seventh. Now 4-4 four four as they have cut into that Twins lead. Uh, Brady, you did mention the Padres briefly, and they are just underway at Arizona now through the first inning, so no score for either side going into the top of the second. But it was announced, and this from Kevin Acey, who is the beat writer for the Padres for the San Diego Union Tribune, you Darvish is going to go on the injured list. So now the Padres having to talk to some free agents in terms of maybe shoring up their starting pitching or at least adding a healthy arm. We've mentioned how a lot of these starters all season have not really gone deep in the games. And that's why you've had Jay Stingler really using and extending that bullpen. But now they're having to talk to free agents. And a name that was mentioned is Jake Arrieta, who was just given his Released by the Chicago Cubs. He was absolutely struggling there on the north side, but San Diego probably going to have to do something with Darvish going on the injured list, so kind of slowly starting to slip away from the Padres if the Reds can take advantage of it from a wild card standpoint. By the way, now 7-4 Philadelphia has just added a run. Two on, two out in the bottom of the eighth with Luis Sessa on the mound for Cincinnati, but obviously the Padres it is slipping away very much in terms of the NL West with the Giants and Dodgers all almost making that looking like that's a two-team race at this standpoint because Giants, I believe, were minus 130 in the West, Dodgers even money. Padres now 40-1, to so Padres' best chance to make the playoffs, really their only chance, probably going to be that wild card, but that pitching staff uh, starting to be the walking wounded at this standpoint.
4: Yeah, that's a really big blow for San Diego. U Darvish probably considered their ace. If they did go to that wild card game, he would probably get the nod as the starter in a one-game playoff situation. I personally like Joe Musgrove, but uh, either which way you slice it, losing Yu Darvish is a big blow. We'll see if they try and go after somebody to fill that void. The New York Yankees leading the Chicago White Sox three to one. Also trying to pick up a game on those Tampa Bay Rays in the. American American League. East, still four to four between the Twins and the Tampa Bay Rays, but the Rays do have the bases loaded. A 2-0 count with two outs in the top of the seventh inning. The St. Louis Cardinals beating the Kansas City Royals 7-0. This game was 7 to nothing very early, and the scoring has stopped, and uh, that makes me unhappy as I am on the over in this game. The in-game total has been adjusted to just 8.5. I believe the total was 10 or 10.5 10 that I played over this total. Looked good for a while, doesn't look great right now. The Oakland Athletics in Texas to take on the Rangers. The Rangers out in front of this one, 7-3. The 1 o'clock games just underway now. Colorado and San Francisco scoreless in the third inning. Houston and the Los Angeles Angels scoreless in the top of the second. West, you mentioned the Padres and the Diamondbacks. They are scoreless in the top of the second. And Toronto and Seattle. This has been a good series for the Mariners. Mike Peranio talked about the liability here at BetMGM on the Seattle Mariners, and he's right. They will not go away. They have taken the first two games of this series from the Toronto Blue Jays, who were a red-hot team coming in. Tied at one apiece right now in the top of the second, Wes.
5: They've cut that run differential, that negative run differential that we've talked about over the last several weeks with the Seattle Mariners, now currently 63-55. and Now only minus 42, because they were in the high 50s from the run differential standpoint, so at least that shows that they're playing a little bit better. Now, Still five games back of the wild card. Currently occupied, Oakland would have the first spot. And then Boston, the second spot, Yankees three back. Toronto and Seattle, respectively, both five back. So a really pivotal game here. Steven Matz against Logan Gilbert, all tied at one here in the top of the second.
4: Toronto remains a favorite in the live line at minus 130. Again, tied at one apiece in the top of the second. Your adjusted in-game total is at 10. Wes, when we come back on the other side, we'll get into the Sunday night baseball game a little bit. Any early opinion on Scherzer and Carrasco going tonight in New York?
5: Yeah, this this might be getting to be a big prize for Max Scherzer. And I understand why Max Scherzer is always a big prize because he's Max Scherzer. And he's still striking out guys at 36 years old. But now we're starting to see some 160s pop up. It's 145 here at BetMGM, but starting to see some 160s. That's a big price, I think, for the Dodgers to be laying on the road at this standpoint.
4: Yeah, I believe he opened uh, as a road favorite in the neighborhood of minus 180 or minus 185. We have seen a little trickle of money go the Mets way, see if they can pull one out. They've lost two straight in extra innings to the Dodgers, and they trail in the National League East by a game and a half. We'll be back in just a moment on the other side here to take a further look at Sunday Night Baseball inside the Green Zone presented by BetMGM. the sports betting action at BetMGM. Sign up now using the bonus code VEASAN1000, and your first wager is risk-free, up to $1,000. Place your bets on all the exciting showdowns in Major League Baseball, Major League Soccer, and more sports from around the globe. And when you register with BetMGM, you'll also get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odds specials. From breathtaking goals to colossal home runs, the king of sportsbooks takes every play to a new level of of excitement. Simply down the, uh, download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com and enter the bonus code VESAN 1000 to get back up to $1,000 on your very first wager. It's a new customer offer. Paid and free bets. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. You must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The promotional offer is not available in Nevada. Welcome back to the Green Zone, presented by BetMGM. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you. And, Wes, in your neck of the woods in Indianapolis, we've got a NASCAR race, and apparently this thing is not over yet. You've got an update for us.
5: It may never end, Brady. Uh, a second red flag now. Of course, a red flag means the race is completely stopped. And they did make a repair due to, that, to that, uh, that ramp, that little... Uh, and then somebody had hit the uh, tire wall, so they had to repair that. But now... They just went green again because they're in NASCAR overtime, and what that basically means, green flag, white flag, checkered flag, so essentially two laps to go. Now the cars are stopped on the grid here as we had another crash. Somebody else ran over the ramp again and and got airborne and, and hit a few other cars, so now another red flag here because we are officially in overtime, so that means they've run the laps of the race, so now this is going to end up being perhaps unless they elect to just stop here because these guys uh, just the, quite frankly, these NASCARs are not staying on the track and these guys are running over curbs. I know you're trying to get every advantage and race for every point you can, but that's what's causing these pileups here and causing these several car wrecks, and obviously trashing a lot of equipment, which could be a very expensive for team owners. So, to currently update the standings, it is still our same leaders. Denny Hamlin in first, trying to race his way and clinch his spot in the NASCAR Sprint Cup playoffs. And then Chase Briscoe second, AJ Almond third, Ryan Blaney fourth, Chase Elliott fifth, Matt Domenedetto sixth, Kyle Larson seventh, Ross Chastain eighth, Kurt Burst ninth, Bubba Wallace tenth. That is your top ten, but. We will let you know when they get updated again or get going again, if they even do get going again here at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway because we are now under our second red flag of the afternoon.
4: Looking at the baseball scoreboard really nothing changed except for in Seattle where the Toronto Blue Jays are trying to avoid the sweep and they have taken a 3 to 1 lead over the Mariners now in the top of the second on the live line Toronto was in a tie game and was a minus 160 favorite to get this victory now up 3 to 1 your live line has been suspended momentarily Wes uh, in the last segment we kind of teased the Sunday night game it's a big game for a lot of different reasons uh, uh, the two teams involved, the Los Angeles Dodgers and New York Mets, both trying to win their respective divisions in a real good race are the Dodgers with the San Francisco Giants. And the New York Mets have two teams to overcome, both the Philadelphia Phillies and the Atlanta Braves. It'll be Carlos Carrasco going for the Mets tonight as they try and salvage a game from this series. The Dodgers have taken the first two, both in extra innings, and it'll be Max Scherzer on the hill for the Los Angeles Dodgers. He's been very good in in his two starts so far for Los Angeles. And we talked about the opening line on Scherzer, minus 185 on the overnight. And that seems pretty expensive. And some bettors have reacted to that and gone with the New York Mets here. I'm seeing minus 175 on the Dodgers here at BetMGM. And I'm even seeing as low as minus 165 in the market. So definitely the Mets seeing some action here at home on Sunday Night Baseball to try to avoid the sweep. I can see why the Dodgers
5: obviously getting the support here, meaning that they've won six of their last seven games and the Mets have kind of been in total freefall mode. They were leading the division just a couple weeks ago, and now they're in third place behind the Braves and the Phillies. Uh, Braves, uh, I believe, got the win earlier this afternoon. So Philadelphia trying to come back because I believe the Braves would be in first place and go ahead of the Philadelphia Phillies about a half a game in that division. Carlos Carrasco last time out, and I think by and large, He's been solid, but his numbers have gotten absolutely inflated because last time out, he only made it out of one inning before he had to see the pine, so... Carlos carrasco look he came back from that injury he's only had i believe four starts so far this season and just lasted that one inning last time as as i mentioned so looking at this game tonight we know the dodgers have been absolutely murdering the ball over the last month 328 in terms of weighted on base average and then you add trey turner to that mix and you've got one of the best hitters in baseball right now at a 316 batting average 372 weighted on base average so The Dodgers do have what would seem to be a favorable matchup against Carlos Carrasco because they absolutely smash right-handed pitching as a team, 159 home runs as a ball club, 329 in the weighted on-base average. And look, uh, Carrasco is going to throw slider, sinker, fastball. That's pretty much going to be his mix, and the Dodgers can absolutely hit those. But meanwhile, on the other side, while the Mets have been in three free fall, they've actually been hitting the ball better. It hadn't been the pitching that's carried them because the pitching's regressed a little bit. But over the last 30 days, Mets hitting the ball pretty well, 323 weighted on braced average. Pete Alonso, eight home runs, 16 RBIs in that time span over the last month. But they do have Scherzer, so the Mets are not necessarily great against right-handed pitching. Uh, so just from a number standpoint, you would certainly see why the Dodgers really are the favorites right now. And uh, and Max Scherzer are obviously familiar with these guys, being that he pitched so long against the Washington Nationals. But Carrasco, if you take out that last start, because he came back from that torn hamstring on July 30th, and he had made three starts since coming over from Cleveland. His first two starts were good, but then the last start against the Nats, he only went one inning and gave up four runs. But I still think that the numbers, at least the underlying numbers, are pretty solid. I think this could be one of those by-low candidates, because Carlos Carrasco, it's deceiving because of small sample size, 675 on the ERA, but only a 361 on the XFIP. And his slider's been pretty darn good. Opponents are only hitting 177 in terms of batting average against that ladder and he's been striking them out a lot and dodgers obviously hit fastballs very well so i expect to see a lot of sliders coming from carlos Carrasco. this is mainly just a a play if i get involved here it will be on the new york mets this is just mainly a play on the fact that i think that the number is too high i think the mets bullpen if this is a close game too is still one of the better bullpens in baseball so now when you're seeing some prices get above the 160 range I think that might be jump-in time on the New York Mets here.
4: Yeah, and I lean to the under in this game as well, Wes. I think you make a good point there about Carlos Carrasco and maybe bouncing back from that last start that he had. Scherzer, we know, is always pretty darn reliable. Occasionally, he'll give up a solo home run, but I uh, kind of like this one staying under the 7.5. Uh, I also like the over in the Cardinals game. Salvador Perez helped my cause there, and you talked about uh, smashing the pitching there, the Dodgers. Uh, Perez absolutely smashed this one into the water feature in left center field there in Kansas City his 30th home run of the season to make this a seven to two ball game in favor of the St. Louis Cardinals so getting a little closer to my total there they are in the bottom of the eighth inning with two outs and the Kansas City Royals still at the plate other baseball news to uh, take a look at Wes you talked about the Philadelphia Phillies and the Atlanta Braves in that race in the in the National League East, and of course the New York Mets uh, largely a part of that conversation you look at the National League pennant odds and the Mets are at twelve to one the Phillies are at ten to one the Padres at plus seven fifty. I wonder if that price has changed because it's a little surprising that they would be a shorter price than the Phillies or the Mets, especially the Phillies who are currently trying to hang on for the lead in that division now the Padres uh, may get into the wild card, but uh, that is seemingly slipping away quickly here with especially you darvish now going on the 10-day injured list the braves are at 13 to 1 that's a pretty attractive number there the reds at 30 to 1 and the dodgers are your favorite at plus 145 the giants at 4 to 1 i don't think that's a bad price on the giants as well the brewers also at 4 to 1 anybody in that national league pennant market that you have an eye for
5: I, nobody really down the board. I think that Padres price way too low. I think they should be probably like 15 or 20 to one. To be honest with you, with that news about Darvish now going on the injured list, Tatis did come back in the lineup. So maybe that's kind of keeping that price there. But no thank you on the Padres. And I've been selling them basically for the last several weeks because I do worry about that bullpen. And quite frankly, that starting rotation outside, you said well, you like Joe Musgrove, as do I. The problem is you can't pitch every day for this team. So, you know, they just <laughs> have not been, and especially now with Darvish on the injured list. So looking down at this, I, I still think the Dodgers are the rightful favorite. And I agree with our guest, Tim Neverett, earlier in the program, because if they're healthy, which they have not been healthy all season. Now, am I crying crocodile tears for the highest uh, payroll in all of Major League Baseball? Not necessarily, but they haven't had all their weapons really in at the same time. And then, of course, they've had the thing with Trevor Bauer. They've had Kershaw on the injured list. Now, Max Scherzer has kind of kept them afloat and really as has Walker Bueller and Julio Urias has been very good in the starting role for the Dodgers. So it's an embarrassment of riches. They just haven't had all the riches at the same time.
4: Yeah, and you wonder if that's going to continue. You know, it's kind of been a theme for the Dodgers the entire season when they get healthy. You know, we're we're getting pretty late in the season, and they still haven't been able to put all the pieces of the puzzle together at once. And and if they do, yeah, they are a massive threat with all that talent up and down the lineup. I have a ticket on the Brewers at 20-1. to I have a ticket on the Giants at plus 650, plus 675. I think it's plus 650. Uh, But the Braves at 13-1, to I, I don't think that's a bad number there. I think that team is more complete than the Phillies and the Mets. Coming out of the National League East, I kind of like that Braves team and not a bad number there at 13 to 1. They are currently in first place in that division right now. They got a win over the Nationals earlier today. The Phillies currently losing to the Reds and then of course the Mets in action tonight against Max Scherzer and the Los Angeles Dodgers. Hour number two in the books of the Green Zone. We'll come back for the final hour of the program here. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you on a Sunday afternoon on vSIN, the sports betting network.